You're listening to the Her Soul Podcast, a safe space where we focus on Christian living and mental health. I'm your host, Camille Allison, and my goal is to encourage you in your everyday walk so that you can live in the freedom that Christ promises you. It's the Christian girl talk you need in your life. So grab your journal, favorite pen, a cup of coffee, and let's get into the show. Hey, friends, welcome back into this week's episode of Her Soul. I'm your host, Camille. And on this platform, you guys, I strive to give you insights and peeks into my own faith journey, my mental health, up and downs, just so that you can find encouragement, resources, whatever it is that might be able to help you in your life. So if this is a show that interests you, those are the sorts of things you like or that you need in your life, then please consider following the show um, and really engaging with the show. Okay. So this week's episode, y'all, is so near and dear to me because honestly, I feel like lately I've been in a season of stretching and growing and just like a whole lot of unknown and not really understanding why certain things are happening, not being able to see the other end of how things might turn out. So my faith is being stretched. My faith is being, I don't want to say challenged, but it's its being strengthened. You know, I'm growing in that area of my life. And so today's episode is one of the lessons that I feel like God has really, really been trying to push into my heart. And honestly, if I think about it, he's probably been telling me this for years now. I want to say since 2020. And here we are coming up on the end of 2022, and it's really just now starting to sink in that all of the events of my life up until this point have kind of um, led to this. And in a way, I have delayed what should have already happened. I have delayed what should have already come into fruition, but that's by my own ignorance, my own, you know, lack of faith, my own disobedience. And that's something that I'm learning. And right now I'm trying to pick up the pieces and kind of continue forward. But if I'm being honest, this season is so scary. This season um, of my life is sort of like you wake up every day and you just don't really know what to expect. And the only thing you have to go on is I trust you, God, whatever it is, I trust you, God. And like, I I feel that way when I wake up, but I've made it through multiple days, multiple weeks, multiple months, and I'm still okay. And I'm still making it. I'm still thriving. I'm still pushing and things are still okay. So this week's episode is entitled Leaping Too Soon. And it's to get you thinking about patience and obedience because that is something that I have lacked. Um, and I won't say that it's been an intentional thing. It's been unintentional to some degree because I haven't been aware of it. But anyway, we'll get into it. (laughs) I don't want to get ahead of myself. We will get into it. Um, This week's anchor verse, so really I should say anchor chapter, because we are coming from Genesis chapter 27 and really understanding the story of Jacob, Esau, and the birthright. So I'm going to give you guys some backstory just in case you are not as familiar with this story. So Everybody knows Abraham, okay? Abraham was married to Sarah. Abraham and Sarah, in their old age, had a son named Isaac. Isaac then married Rebecca, and Isaac and Rebecca had um, twin boys, Jacob and Esau, okay? Esau was the twin that was born first. 
Jacob was born shortly thereafter. But because Esau came out of the womb first, he was considered the oldest son. So now we have the question of the birthright. And the birthright is basically the blessing. So in ancient times, the father, the man of the house, um, if he once he was like um, up in age on his deathbed, whatever it was, he was getting ready to pass on the responsibility of essentially being the man of the house. You handled all the affairs. Everyone answered to you like you were the patriarch of the family at this point. And so normally that birthright goes to the eldest son. So normally it would, it's supposed to go to Esau. But in certain circumstances, it didn't necessarily have to go to the oldest son if the father felt that the oldest son was not fit. But I mention this because we see back in chapter 25. Let me double check. I don't want to mislead you then. Yeah, so we see back in twenty-five, chapter 25 of Genesis, Genesis, when Rebecca was pregnant with Esau and Jacob, the Lord came to her and told her that she has two babies in her womb um, who are kind of like going at it. But essentially, the older will serve the younger. So there it is, established plain as day, that God is going to see through that the younger will actually carry out the birthright and not the older, right? God had a plan. He already had a plan. So moving forward, fast forward, um, there is in Genesis a chapter where we see Esau foolishly gives up his birthright to Jacob, jokingly, but even though he did that, it wasn't necessarily sealed in stone because the official blessing the blessing that made things concrete, set stone had to come from the blessing of the father. So just because Esau did that, it didn't mean that that's what was going to happen necessarily. Um, but it does give us insight into Esau, you know, not respecting the tradition, not really taking things seriously and perhaps letting us know that maybe he isn't someone who needs to have it. Okay, moving forward to our anchor passage is uh, chapter 27. This is where we see Jacob actually receive the birthright. And Jacob, again, is the younger son. Jacob gets the birthright, but not necessarily in the way that he's supposed to get it. So here we are. Isaac is old age on his deathbed. He cannot see and he is very sickly. And he recognizes that his time is up, that it's, it's coming to an end. So what he does is he calls in Esau and he tells Esau, he says, listen, son, I don't have much longer. I'm going to hand over the blessing to you now. Go out there, go hunt some game, cook it up real good, bring it back. We're going to have a celebration. I'm going to hand over the blessing of the birthright to you. So Esau, you know, very readily goes out to do the task. Well, Rebecca, Isaac's wife and their mom, Rebecca overhears everything that's going on and she's not for it. So she goes back to Jacob and she says, Jacob, I just heard your father um, saying that he's going to bless Esau. So this is what I want you to do. Go out there to the cattle. Bring me back something. I'm going to cook it up real, real good. You're going to take it into your dad. You're going to pretend to be Esau and you're going to receive the blessing. And so Jacob does pause for a second and he does question, well, what if we get caught? Because, you know, obviously there are going to be differences. We're not the same. Well, Rebecca says, don't worry about that. I will take on the responsibility for the deceit. That's basically what she says. And so the plan carries out. Jacob does as his mom says. He carries the meal that she has prepared into his father. And Isaac does question, who is this? On, on several occasions, he says, who is this? Are you my eldest son? And multiple times, Jacob says, yes, 
Isaac says, you have the voice of Jacob, but you have the hands of Esau. And Esau and Jacob both had hairy hands. So just him feeling his son's hands, he's thinking, okay, well, could this be Esau? And Jacob yet again says, I am your oldest son. I am Esau. And everything plays out how Isaac said that it would. He hands over the blessing to Jacob. And as soon as Jacob leaves the room, here comes Esau coming back in. And Esau um, has prepared this meal. He's given it to Isaac. And he says, and Isaac says, who are you? And basically, long story short, we find out that Isaac gave the blessing to Jacob. It was wrongfully given. It was deceitfully given, but he gave it anyway. And during these times, your word was bond. Your word was set in stone. Like you could not take it back. So there's nothing that he can do about it. And Esau is very vividly upset. He's asking, Father, is there not a blessing for me? He's crying. And Isaac said, there's nothing that he can do because he already sealed that blessing. And so this makes Esau so mad that he wants to kill Jacob. He wants to kill Jacob. And again, Rebecca overhears all this stuff that's going on. So Rebecca tells Jacob, listen, son, your brother is very mad. He knows what happened and this is not good right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you go stay with my brother in another city, in another area. I'm going to have you go stay with him until all this mess dies down. And then you can come back and we can carry on about our life. So that is the gist of what has happened in Genesis 27. And if you have ears that are sort of spiritually tuned, you can kind of pinpoint some areas, some themes that we're going to talk about that were um, where everybody, Rebecca, Jacob, where they leaped too soon, right? Some themes where they thought they knew what they were doing and they didn't trust God to know what he was doing. I want to start this episode with this thought. How many of you have been blessed by God in the way that he has planted something on the inside of you, something, some sort of idea, some sort of vision, a business, um, a family, whatever it is, those, those, the, a very sacred and very valuable part of you that you know God has put inside of you, something that he has blessed and ordained. And you get so excited about that thing that you start leaping way too soon or you go out of order, or you take things upon yourself instead of consulting with God on the way that things should be. Then I truly believe that this is going to be an episode that speaks to your heart. So maybe about a year ago, and I don't know, uh, you might remember this and that, I'm not really sure, but there, maybe about a year ago, I was releasing prayer journals. These prayer journals that I had designed, I had created, I had made, I had ready to go. I got so excited when God gave me that idea, y'all. And not to say that it was a bad idea. It was a great idea, and it still is. But um, I just got so excited about it. And like probably within a week, I had already had everything created, ready to go in hand, ready to sell. And I didn't have a a business plan, a marketing strategy. And not to say that God couldn't operate in those realms on my behalf, but I'm just telling you, I wasn't really prepared. All I knew is that I had a product. I didn't know necessarily how to market it, who I was going to really intentionally sell to. I didn't know anything really except the fact that Prayer journaling has blessed my life so much, and I want this to bless everyone else's life just as much as it has mine. And so, boom, here it is. And y'all, I literally sold zero copies. I didn't sell anything. I put it out in such a rush that there were fine details that I never even considered. 
There were things that should have been in place that I didn't even pay attention to. I just got so ready to go. I knew that God said, make these prayer journals. And I didn't stop to consult him, to listen to him as far as like what the process should look like and how I should go forward. I literally just went and did my own thing. And I wasn't even like intentionally seeking him. After I got the vision, y'all, I didn't even intentionally seek him on the plan. Mm. And I know that's got to hit somebody right now because how many times do we get a vision or God has blessed us with this idea and we don't even consult him after that? And then we wonder why it is that these things haven't come to their full fruition. We didn't even consult the man who gave us, who gave it to us. So that's where, that's where I was. It didn't sell anything. And I know, I know why I didn't even slow down enough to do what I needed to do to make it an excess and a success and to truly honor God with that. And so I know how that is, you know, when you just give birth to an idea so very soon. Okay, so let's get back into our Bible story. I wanted to take us back to Genesis 25 when um, God actually tells Rebecca, you know, the destiny of her children. But before we get there, I wanted to say, now, if you're a mama, you know, we know which one of our kids, we know how our kids are, right? We know which one of our kids are knuckleheads, which ones are honest. Um, you know, if the teacher calls us and says, little Jimmy is cutting up in class, we already know if that's true to his character or not. Those, These are the things that we know with the children that we have birthed, raised, brought up. We know our kids. So she probably had some sort of inclination about which one of her sons would be more responsible with that role. We don't know if she had evil intentions or whatever the case is, but what we do know is that she jumped the gun. She went ahead of God's plan. So back in Genesis 25, verse 23, um, it says, The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So that was already set in stone, sealed and ready to go. That promise was already given to her, and God is not one who goes back on his word. So that should have been enough to seal their destiny in her heart and know that she didn't have to do anything because God already said he had it handled. So how many of us, and I know I keep putting this back on you to think about, but seriously, once God has already given us something, why do we always feel like we have to do more than what's required of us? Why do we feel like we have to jump ahead of God's plan? And I don't think a lot of the time that it's intentional. I think we don't know what we're doing. But like I told you guys with the prayer journals, now that I'm looking back and reflecting on what's happened, I see how I just went ahead. I didn't even stop to think. And so I do believe that here in chapter 27, we just see Rebecca. Oh my gosh, Isaac just said he's going to bless Esau. That's not supposed to happen. God told me it was going to be Jacob and it's not lining up like that. So let me see what I can do to make sure that it is Jacob. That's what we do. We try and do all the problem solving because we cannot see the full picture. And as a little sidebar, we can't ignore Jacob's role in this either because Jacob was equally as dishonest and deceitful as his mother. You know, yes, Rebecca planted the seed. Yes, this was her idea. This was her plan. But Jacob, even though he did stop to question what they were about to do, he did not question, you know, the morality of it. He questioned, am I going to get caught? 
He says, well, what if I get caught? And he wasn't necessarily concerned about doing right uh, versus doing wrong. He was just more so worried about the consequences if he was found out. And so he also was coming from, well, the place that he's in is not from a place of integrity. And what I, what the message here for me is that God is calling me, you, all of us to a role of integrity, a role of honesty where people will look at you and there's no doubt in their mind that you are a solid person, that you are going to do right. You're not going to be tricky, deceitful, dishonest. That is something that God wants for all of us. That is how we as his people are set apart from those in the world. Well, at least one of the ways. And so here we see Jacob has had a lapse, obviously, in his morality because he's not acting as a person of integrity. So my little side note here is remember that in all that you're doing and all that God is going to bless you with, make sure you are operating out of integrity so that there is no doubt in anyone's mind who you are and who you belong to as a child of God. So let's move on and let's talk about the consequences of this whole ordeal because certainly no you're not about to be go you're not about to go and be shysty and tricky and work out of God's plan and there's no consequence like certainly certainly not so Jacob did get the blessing that he wanted Rebecca got what she wanted initially as well you know for Jacob to carry on the birthright right he was blessed by Isaac everything was sealed so he did get that blessing that God had already promised but he did it outside of God's way and so he had to suffer the consequences that came along with that level of disobedience so let's talk about what happened to Jacob after he decided to be disobedient um number 1 he never got to see his mom again so you remember at the end Esau really wanted to kill him and Rebecca heard him talking about that. And so he, Rebecca tells Jacob, go stay with my brother over here in this other city. And I'm going to send for you once all of this dies down. Right. So apparently Jacob never even sees his mom again after this whole ordeal. Number two, his brother wanted to kill him. So there's a strain in the familial ties, which we see that also in, um, what God told Rebecca back in chapter 25. He says that they will be separated. Number three, Jacob was deceived by his uncle. So Rebecca sent Jacob to live um, with her brother Laban. And Laban ends up being um, <laughs> not so great either and deceives Jacob. Fourthly, um, his family becomes torn by strife. Number five, Esau, his blood brother, becomes the founder of an enemy nation. So someone who strongly opposes Jacob. And number six, he was exiled from his family for years. And the thing about it, you guys, is that Jacob was going to, would have received the birthright blessing anyway, because God says so in Genesis 25, verse 23. There's like absolutely no doubt in my mind that Jacob would have received that blessing and things would have worked out in a much better way. He was already promised the blessing, but he detoured. He tried to do things his own way. He leaped too soon instead of following God's plan, instead of following God's way. And then he ended up suffering unnecessarily. And this, you guys, is what happens when we think we know better than God, when we jump too soon. This is what happens when we operate outside of God's will and outside of his alignment. And again, I want to mention 
Sometimes this happens unintentionally, but it's important for us to bring awareness to it so that when we start to, so that when we find ourselves in these positions, we're much better equipped to point out our disobedience, our lack of faith, our lack of trust, our lack of, you know, walking in line with what God has already said to do. It gives us more time to pause and consider what God has told us. It gives us time to pause and think, well, is what I'm doing what God has told me to do and really seek him on behalf of that vision, that idea, that business, that dream, whatever it is. And so if I had to give you guys a word of advice, a final note, uh, if you will, to kind of go on, my advice to you is to number one, have patience. You know, when it seems like God isn't giving us what we want when we want it, or things might be taking too long, you know, in our human nature, those are things that we start to feel. We get impatient. Challenge yourself to be patient anyway. Number two, let's challenge ourselves as well to operate from a place of faith. Oh my goodness. I can't say this enough because this is literally the season that I'm living in. We do not have all of the answers. We never will. But the the thing that comes with being a believer, a Christian, a child of God is that our faith is what gets us through. And what is faith? Faith is th- hope in the things asked for, the things unseen. Hope is or faith is believing when we cannot see what the end is going to look like. It's just trusting that God has got us. It's trusting that there is a lesson in every blessing, a lesson in every season, a lesson in every trial. And we just have to trust God and go with the motion and accept the fact that we will not know it all. Okay, Rebecca was given a promise that she was to tuck in her heart and just trust God to be faithful with which we know that he will be, but we oftentimes just get ahead of ourselves. So yes, have patience, have faith. And then my my third point is to operate in obedience. Because honestly, how will God trust you with the thing that he wants you to have if you aren't proving yourself obedient to him in the way that he wants you to carry it out? And I mean obedient in that respect, but also obedient in your, your, gosh, what is the word? Your loyalty to him, you know, obedient in seeking him daily, including him, spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, and really letting him be the guiding light in your life. So patience, faith, obedience. Those are my three takeaways for you guys this week. I pray that this episode has blessed you, has seeped into every fiber of your being, that you will carry this out with you through your week and through the rest of the days to come. You guys be blessed. I love y'all. See you next week. Bye.